Hello, ladies and gentlemen. I wanted to add in a quick annotation in regards to the episode, because in this episode, Charlie and I have a long discussion of adjustable rate mortgages um, concerning New Zealand and Australian banks, but we never call out a specific ticker. Uh, due to how I like to look at things, I like to be as transparent as possible and always give a true expose as to how I'm thinking about something. I do want to point out the two tickers uh, before the episode starts uh, because I don't want people thinking uh, the most common bank that most would take, uh, which is uh, ANZ, Australian New Zealand Banking Group. Uh, I think that uh, might be too strong of a... Uh, of a place to look to do any shorting. Um, I would highly recommend if anyone is looking or following, uh, what we're really looking at is um, Commonwealth Bank and Westpac Bank uh, Corporation. Uh, Commonwealth Bank is uh, CBA. Um, also, Westpac Bank is WBC. Uh, you would probably have to trade these on an Australian or New Zealand exchange, but nonetheless, you could make this happen. Uh, I thank everyone for, again, tuning in, and thank you for just uh, allowing me that clarification. Enjoy the episode. Oh my gosh. It's been a minute. I haven't been back since March. Trade Talk from Hedge Fund Insider. We are back. L.A. Aiko here. I'm excited. There's been a hiatus, I understand, but you have you have to you have to deal with it. The reason why there's there's been a hiatus is because we have been on the money since last year in October, November, going all the way into uh, present time, and there hasn't been a need to constantly beat the same issues down over and over and over again. Now we're trying to, we're starting to see some bouncing in the markets. We're also starting to see where we have an opportunity to speak about some really interesting things. I spoke about it from the prior episode about Brazil being in play, where we would have some conversations about adjustable rate mortgages in emerging markets. And who do I have back? My partner in a lot of these more complicated trades, uh, Charlie Meaden from Gembot AI. Charlie, what's up, man? How are you? Good. It's great to be back. Great to discuss another interesting topic in the markets, um, such as uh, adjustable rates and what that um, consequences that might have in uh, especially the bo- uh, the mortgage and real estate market. So uh, really interesting time to talk about it. And I think it kind of moves on nicely from our uh, discussion about, um, you know, kind of short uh these growth and big cap names um and i think it's kind of the next step that needs to happen in order for us to go to the you know get to the next leg of this uh unwinding i I, yeah you know what and i said as we were having this conversation earlier today before we started uh recording i was like wow the theme of this year is going to be on unwind to rewind uh, as i had it in a prior episode i didn't even really think about it i just had that i you know this that title as an episode but you're very right because as we are even seeing this um you know from those growth names uh, from tech unwinding to where we've gotten to a point now where tech is laying off even I mean, we, got, we were at a point mm-hmm. where tech is hiring and they're giving out bigger salaries we're getting to a point where the big tech names that had run up like uh, Snap and a few others. I th- I'm not sure if Facebook was 
uh, laying off, but I know Snap was laying off, and a few other people were laying off. I mean, here we are, right? So we we have we're starting to well, it's unwind. A, Go ahead. It's a perfect storm, right? Because what's happening is, and this is this is potentially going to be a, a recession of the the middle class and the the tech and service worker, right? Mm-hmm. You get aggressive hiring in a uh, remote world where you know the demand for that type of worker increases uh, dramatically out of nowhere because of increased liquidity and funding, uh, which drives up the salaries, which then leads all these uh, companies to become overly bloated and have basically two expensive R&D divisions. And then what's going to happen is obviously the adjustable interest rate uh, is going to coincide with a lot of layoffs and a lot of cutting back. Every company right now is looking at cutting back their expenditure. Um, no one's increasing their expenditure right now, really. No one. You're and it makes eat, perfect sense. Maintaining or decreasing. I was going to say it makes perfect sense because if if a lot of your financing is based off of your valuation and the Fed is destroying your valuation by raising interest rates and you know pulling down the market, and for all of those who may not understand that statement, is like if interest rates are going up, the market has to usually uh, reflex in you know in the opposite direction, so it's going to trend down, trending down, bringing down those valuations of those assets making it harder for you to finance because, you know, you, you need to finance in a particular type of window. And that window that what we're speaking about, which is that uh, 10, 15 year window um, is super important to what we're speaking about today as we reference adjustable rate mortgages. Um, Charlie, so when we originally came up with this whole concept and hypothesis actually last October, that, that yeah. late night we had that conversation. We were like, you, you told me the wildest thing that I never even realized at that time is that Australia has had a um, housing bull market for what you say, 50 years now? No, no. Uh, uh, but I think, I think it's ridiculous. Like a 20 to 40 year bull run. That's a, obviously a crazy diversion in like 20 years, but it's been, they basically missed 2008 and they've steadily increased their, they've increased their population quite steadily over the last decade, especially. Um, and yeah, they have um, a, an incredible um, economy over there, at least from an asset appreciation standpoint. And New Zealand and Australia uh, both are benefiting from huge housing um, uh, bubbles, really. And they have done for a long time while actually having um, no way to do long-term mortgages, fixed mortgages. The maximum fixed you'll see is, you know, four to five years maximum. Uh, usually people doing two years. Um, and some and 80% of mortgages in Australia are variable. And, and, and for those who can keep up with that, what we're, all, what we're really saying is that that was one of... Uh, the culprits of the 08 crash. And then don't get me misunderstood. We're not trying to say, oh, we're trying to repredict the big short and all this thing. You know, these are things that, these are themes that people often, often, often talk about. But you're also trying to find where other people are not looking, where trade is not crowded. Um, and it's not about forcing something to work. It's about noticing something doesn't quite make sense or doesn't smell right. As we were, as when we originally had this conversation with Charlie, other than Australia, he was also informing me, you know, as he lives in New Zealand, 
you know, yeah, we don't, we don't offer fixed rate mortgages in New Zealand. I was like, what? <laughs> you know? So. Well, well, yeah, they're hyper short term. They're, they're, they're super short term. Right. So, you know, you, a lot of, you know, you can do, uh, you can, you basically just keep refinancing though. So you keep fixing it every couple of years and, you know, it's a pretty stable and vibrant mini economy, I guess, but it has a lot of dependencies uh, externally. Um, and it has uh, thrived, uh, both um, Australia and New Zealand have thrived from their um, housing markets. So, but now obviously with interest rates rising and so much debt being out there uh, with relatively low income rates, really uh, at the high end, um, you can see these payments become getting out of hand over the next uh, year or so for people. And you were even referencing that as people were trying to sell some of their homes, <laughs> you, I think you, you actually just tell me what you even said. You said try to you buy yeah, it. At so, yeah. So this is anecdotal right now. So we don't know how bad this is, but this is uh, two isolated examples. One being um, a person that bought a house at 1.4 million, uh, you know, over the last year and a half, expecting to flip it for 1.9. Um, and then, um, ending up taking 1.2 and actually taking the loss at this time. Um, and then that's there's a similar situation unfolding at the moment, but they haven't found a buyer and they're getting bids at 1.1 million. So you can see quite a, you know, you know, the, you know some things are just selling, like, you know, they're just selling straight away. And then others, just because they're not quite in the right spot or, something like that and then they're they're just there's no interest so when you look at the median home in um new zealand what what do you see as the median home price right now um so let's see at the moment in new zealand i believe it will be in the eight hundred thousand dollar range I'm just going to confirm that. Sure, no problem. Yeah, so um, about the median house price in New Zealand, just got it up on my screen here. Uh, in New Zealand, in Auckland, my city, where it's kind of the most expensive place, uh, the the median house price is about 1.2 million. Um, but uh, I'm looking here that the actual median house price in the entire uh, country is actually 597. So you're going to see, you know, you see a lot of this concentrated um, kind of high house prices in the main city. Um, and then a lot of these more rural towns get left behind. Hmm. Wow. Okay. So, you know, you get into those kind of um, numbers and you say to yourself, with, with incomes, um, you know, not rising, are, are people realistically not even that are they able to afford it but you know you have your interest rates rising and then you're going to have to have that adjustable rate reset are they going to be able to incrementally afford uh you know what the new mortgage is going to be you know what i'm saying like well, okay, for the yeah. median home yeah. like are we going to see that problem at the median part? So what I've done is I've looked at it more from an, uh, an Auckland perspective as well, because uh, the houses don't sell as frequently in the rural towns. You know, the market isn't as, you know, people, you know, they're smaller communities, right? 
So that's mm-hmm. why they don't sell as much. They don't, you know, they don't go up as much. Depreciate less. Um, and, you know, um, many of those people would uh, also likely be mortgage free. It's in the city where you've got the problem or in these cities where you've got problems. And you've got lots of people with lots of maybe multiple homes. Um, but uh, the average house, pro- uh, the average uh, income, family income in New Zealand is $105,000. Um, so, you know, you're getting almost $9,000 a month. And um, if you got a house in the pandemic and you borrowed a million dollars, um, your payments would be 3.5K a month. If you had to refinance now and refix now, you're looking at a payment of $5,000 a month, which is over half. Well, and, and that doesn't, I don't even think that includes taxes. No, I can't, can't include taxes. Gross. Just gross. All gross. <laughs> so it's even yeah. worse. So, yeah. That, 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 yeah, that I mean, the, the, disaster the, right there. Yeah, I mean, the 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 tax rate on that would be roughly, let's call it, 03 percent, really. Um, so you know, you're really only only taking home six thousand and change. Um, which means that, you know, it's five sixths. Your mortgage would be five sixths of your of your income. Mm-hmm. Um, but obviously, you know, um, not everyone in that bracket has a home. It's usually higher earners as well, but it really depends. Um, and if, uh, interest rates keep going up and they actually get to 9%, you're looking at 8,000 a month on that million dollar home. And if you decided you wanted to buy another property and you increase your debt from a million to 1.5 million and interest rates go to 9%, you're looking at repayments of 12,000 a month. So depending on how, yeah, who you are and how you're structured, I mean, the thing is, is if, if, if people keep, paying for it and they don't have to sell then you might get away with it but now, now when i think about that and, and i conceptually think about it, it, it playing out and we were having this discussion you can only to my opinion you can only manipulate and control those housing markets um for so long without unintended consequences i get it they, they made it out of 2008 this is a new zealand australia banking system made it out of this unscathed in 08 but no different than what we were talking about when you look at china before coming out of 08 2012 13 14 you started seeing that massive building and development only for it to come home to roost in 2021 though we we saw cracks before 2021 i I was covering chinese ghost cities um, and the old ETF called Tao, T-A-O, uh, back right. in 2015 and 16, we got to a point where they delisted that. But all through that time, those ETFs became something because uh, Dexrion also could see that there was uh, there was a potentiality to not only make money, but 
the Chinese government was manipulating. I say China has a stronger hold on their economy than like, let's say, New Zealand and Australia. So for how, you know, to, to, it's not even a question I'm posing. It's just to say waxing poetic in my head to say, how would I analyze this trade? only do it for so long until they run into a potential problem well here's another interesting perspective from australia as well a little bit different to new zealand new zealand has its other it has its own benefits like it's you know it's dairy and meat uh, exports and it, you know it used to import a lot of travel travel and tourism was a big part of new zealand's um economy and that's obviously gone and that will that will come back potentially if people can travel here. Uh, And then also what Australia and New Zealand are able to do is they're not like the US. They're in a better position overall and financially and kind of societally, I I would say. So they're able to actually import a lot of talent and keep increasing their uh, populations to drive demand as well, which I think is really important to consider. Mm -hmm. Um, In a sense, Australia and New Zealand are like startups. That's a good way to put it. I, ne- I never thought about it that way. Um, so I do, you know, it's not all doom and gloom uh, for the countries, of course. Um, but um, there are gonna, there's just going to be a natural consequence to what's happened here. Uh, and, you know, you can't really avoid it. So what when we originally were coming up with these ideas, we were thinking that the action would be in um, Japanese banks, and I think even some Chinese banks taking on uh, buying those adjustable rates uh, from the New Zealand banks. But I think we saw that Sumo Bank, as well as Bank Nomura, didn't have enough juice in them from the short side. And you started analyzing banks specifically in New Zealand and what their exposure was. Uh, can you kind of go into that a bit? Well, yeah. So uh, I'm looking at two banks at the moment. Uh, I think you've got some decent banks out there. I think, you know, basically banks in New Zealand and Australia have made so much money through this pandemic. It's absolutely bonkers. And basically what's happened is, is obviously they've almost become growth companies. You know, we're, we're going through this turmoil now where we're talking about stagflation and rising interest rates and, you know, uh debt problems and um you know the list goes on and and this you know these banks are almost at all-time highs um and uh after a period of great growth um decent revenue and profit and lots of profits but you know that can't continue if people don't have liquidity they're going to have less deposits they're going to get more defaults and they're going to be writing less mortgage, new mortgages. So they, their profits are going to go. You, you've already seen the top, the top line's already gone. Next, it will be the bottom line. Um, and then, you know, and then, you know, it's going to, uh, un, you know, unwind and they're going to have to deal, they're going to have to mark down, mark down probably some of their investments. Um, and the balance sheet and that, that equity that they have and all that goodwill essentially that's in the stock price will go down valid valid and and that's why when we when we would model this out we were like that's where this is going next um 
the consumer is going to have the last laugh in this unless like we were talking about before unwind to rewind you give them or the government gives the bank some incentive to continue to extend um product that you know is not in the best interest of the consumer to to make it so enticing to the consumer that they buy uh for those who can't understand my drift we're speaking about like in the u.s where you lower rates to such an extent where everyone is like hey we got we should buy a house right now because the rates are so cheap but you also always have to remember just because the rate is cheap if the house if there's an imbalance with where the house is extremely expensive and the rate is cheap at some point the rate goes up and the house comes down on its price so whatever you bought is grossly um mispriced and your rate keeps going up you you get stuck into a cycle of where you can't sell your house for a profit for probably about 10 about you know a whole another cycle which is about 10 years um and, yeah. and so and, now people yeah, that are in homes yeah so now people that are in homes they're batting down the hatchets and they're saying look if i'm in a decent enough financial position i'm going to hold this out and I'm going to wait for the next cycle and get out. And I'm going to maintain and, you know, maintain my loans, uh, keep paying down because I've got good income. And I'm going to, I'm just going to get through the storm. But in order to do that, I've got to turn off my Netflix. I've got to cut the credit card up. I've got to do less buy now, uh, buy now, pay laters. I've got to, you know, take one less trip. It's all of that stuff that then comes last because otherwise you can't afford your home. If you can't afford your home, you're homeless. Yeah. And, 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 and let's, let's even bring it full circle because we don't have to only speak about it from a New Zealand, Australia aspect um, in the U.S. So, the, you know, my, my, on my side of things, where you can see this happening is in uh, office space and office buildings. Uh, we are at this kind of uh, inflection point of like 10, 13 years. Or, I'm sorry, uh, 12, 13 years of where of debt maturities that are adjustable rate or even if even if no they were they had to be adjustable rates are coming due for people who own large office buildings and their biggest issue is that you're getting less people renting because more people are working uh, from home or corporations are taking less office space especially if they're not sizable this goes back to our our old conversations about uh, 70% of uh, U.S. companies being junk. If you're raising interest rates on their ability to finance and get what they need to get more office space, or if they're choosing to take less office space, this goes to squeeze those who are owners. Now, yeah. a person would say, you know, wow, what? You know, I, I'm not an owner of an office building. I'm an individual who owns a home. It, it still applies to individuals who own homes, just as in the model and example we just gave. And again, to simplify it is to say that you may want to ha- uh, to either spend money or you're going to want to be conservative with your money. But in either case, in order to get the asset that you want or in order to to just acquire it, you're probably going to see an adjustable rate. And at this very moment, more so than people know there are people getting adjustable rates because banks are offering them to make sure they can continue to maintain a revenue. Yep. Yep. And then, yeah. And can they keep getting that? Can they keep getting it? Yeah. Can, and and can it keep they, happening? Have they messed up their models and then they have more defaults than they'd expect. Right. So there's some risk there if they keep pushing the adjustable rates and overextending people, 
in my experience, they're being more strict with the lending in New Zealand and Australia, at least, which means that less people can even get a mortgage. You know, and they are looking at your subscription purchases. You know, you see on Twitter all these people complaining that they couldn't get the mortgage because they spend too much on Spotify and Netflix. Mm-hmm. Yep, when they start so, looking at what their debt breakdown is, yes. So it's and and even people that invest in equities are considered a risk right now in New Zealand because um, of the you know potential fluctuation in 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 equities. The sheer volatility, um, right? <laughs> yeah. So you know the they're in an interesting spot here and we'll, we'll see if um what consequences happen as a you know as it unfolds yeah and and you know to kind of things up say that you know because a person would say well what do i buy and what we have come to the conclusion of is that uh we're more so interested in shorting those um those names in New Zealand, especially the banks that are at all-time highs, especially if they have an ADR in the U.S. Uh, from the U.S. standpoint, uh, what you're shorting or buying, so to, well, no, not buying, You, we're, we're all speaking about shorts here. Um, it, it's not as simple as you just say you pick a, a Wells Fargo or J.P. Morgan and you short it. You would have to pick likely things like um, more, um, what do you call it, mortgage company, mortgage originators, uh, that are public, that are issuing adjustable rates, and you want to pay attention to, you know, what they're doing. Um, that's kind of where we are. We like to talk about it now. I don't even think that the average person could say, all right, I'm going to go play in, in, in this concept, in this thesis that we're doing, because there's a lot of moving parts, and it digs a bit deeper than what the average person just wants to glean on the surface. They're obviously going to keep you abreast throughout um, the coming months and talk about it again. I know we're going to be right, but I don't want to stick people with some sort of product that especially where I'm speaking about it. And I know they don't immediately understand what we are trying to say is we want to come out here and put a stamp on this thing and let people understand. We do kind of get an understanding of the direction of the market, especially in the next episode that we're, going to record that kind of uh, dovetails with this because you, you will come to see we cannot always tell you go buy x because it's not as simple as buying uh, apple but if you can understand these concepts you'll see it also tells you the direction of where the uh, broad market is going and when you have that direction of broad market when you find the product that makes the most sense for what you're doing you buy that product and you'll fully exploit a return uh, so that's what we're saying in this episode is we're tying it up. But if it, you want to go ahead. Yeah. yeah. And it also kind of just allows people to understand like, you know, where in where there might be risk that they're that uh, that they might be in uh, where they can actually shore themselves up and like batten down the hatchets and like, you know, make the right decisions to get through the cycle because these things are cyclical. They always wind and then unwind and then wind. This is like, you know, a, for, a forever kind of changing uh, yin and yang of the markets and of debt and of asset prices, right? So, um, you know, you don't always have to profit. You can also look at mitigating risk in these times due to the fact uh, that you understand what is going down. Um, but, you know, we're also re recognizing that, you know, the bond market and the stock market are more liquid and they are able to move more aggressively earlier because, 
they are a leading um, indicator, not a lagging indicator. So they are, they are looking, they were forward looking. Yeah. I mean, I, you got it. You're spot on. Um, so, you know, like I said, it, 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 for those who care, like what a ticker is, you look, if you wanted to look, you look at the biggest, uh, most profitable banks in um, New Zealand, Australia, specifically more so in Australia. And that's probably where you'd have to model out your short. We have the two that we're looking at. But again, it's I don't want to present some idea out there to all the listeners where they go and take it. And this trade is far more complex. I don't want to be responsible for something like that. Yeah, this is, t- none yeah. of this is financial advice. We are literally just um unfolding a thesis about markets because that's our interest and our interest is to look at the consequences of you know uh these these interactive markets there you go there you go but again we will keep you abreast and if we are accurate obviously it will be very transparent for you to see uh but ladies and gentlemen i I, you know thank you for listening uh I, i thank charlie again again charlie is from uh Gembot AI dot AI. I always forget the dot, but Gembot So we we are we are launching our um, asset research and uh, brokerage service on the first of June. So uh, if you want to check out and do research on assets and collaborate with others, you can do so there. Um, and yeah, thanks for having me on, El. Oh, you're welcome, man. Oh my gosh, and uh, congratulations on that. Uh, till next episode uh, this will be it's not really a two-parter but we we have a great second episode again that dovetails with this and uh, we can't wait to share it with you everyone thank you for tuning in uh, LA Echo out goodbye